Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the Queer Improv Show, Thank You for Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. We still have storytellers share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we talk about them. And this episode is different because we are recording during the COVID-19 pandemic, which means we are not in the studio together. And the audio might be a little bit different than what you're used to because we are using Zoom and not our professional equipment. But we are all doing the best we can with what we have. And I'm so super duper excited about our guests uh, here with me today. The El Salomons are a married Jewish-Palestinian lesbian couple, a comedy couple, cannot leave out comedy, comedy couple who, after years of performing solo, decided to add yet another challenge to their relationship, a duo act. Now they tell jokes about one another in front of each other, a sacrifice they make for the fans. Jess Solomon and Iman El Husseini met and fell in love at a comedy club in Montreal a decade ago. After just one year of performing together, this hilarious couple recorded a comedy special at the prestigious Just for Laughs Festival, now available in Canada on Crave TV. They are also the hosts of the top-rated podcast, Comedians vs. the News, on the BBC World Service, BBC World Service, available Friday nights wherever you get your pods. Welcome, you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, Dad. Glad to be here. Yeah, so I'm so happy to have you both here. How are you? How are you doing? We're good. It's raining in New York. Uh, it's cold. Uh, it's winter is uh, coming. It's winter is coming. I'm becoming really pale. This is uh, yeah. It's it's this not is, good. It's my season to shine. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I get rosy and Iman gets as olive green. Olive green. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. But the summer. You know, I get burnt and I sweat. Yeah. I have my dad's sweat glands, which is fun. And uh, <laughs> she eats it up. And I just look so great. I'm just tanned. I don't need to put makeup on. It's, you know, being tanned is free makeup. And now I'm just, uh, I have to cover it up. I have to wear makeup in my own home for my wife not to leave me. Oh, well, that's, uh, that is not true at all. Um, thanks for making me sound abusive. <laughs> so, yes, we identify as she, her with all of the, uh, the problems. <laughs> um, I, this summer, one of the silver linings, I guess, of, of not being able to do anything is I just was on my roof the whole summer and really getting color. Yeah. Coming down to Texas with my parents, I've just been like one hour outside and it's like tan and it's, I mean, I just am red and flush now, but normally I look very tan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I asked uh, you all to bring something, an item that reminds you of pride and I'd love to know what you brought. Okay. So I was, I was in the closet for a long time, even when Jess and I first started dating. I mean, mine's first, by the way, relationship. It's, a, uh, it's very romantic. Woman. Yeah, the first year was so tumultuous. I would break up with her every second day, um, but 
you didn't leave me alone. And here we are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. It's the best love story ever. But it really took me a a long time to embrace. um, Although I don't think I was like necessarily homophobic. I definitely, um, you you made some questionable jokes. I made some questionable (laughs) jokes. Uh, but I had gay friends and I hung out at gay bars and stuff like that, but it was hard for me to, I thought by coming out, being Jess's, uh, girlfriend was going to change me in everybody's eyes. And that's why I stayed in the closet for a very long time. But for some reason, when I bought this, um, this was like the first time that I felt like this vest that I'm wearing was like super indicative of me being dykey. So I love it. Can you describe the, the, the So it's very, it's very dykey and Canadian. We forgot to mention off the top that we're also Canadian. Everybody. Yes. We walk amongst you undetected. That's right. <laughs> so I just felt like it just, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's bulky and it's burgundy and it looks like, um, like you know how to chop wood. Exactly. A very proud lesbian who knows how to chop wood. Yeah. So. Which she does not. And well, <laughs> proud lesbian. Have you tried? <laughs> Uh, I, I tried uh, the best I could do in the woods is like raking. Maybe that's Ooh. it. That's that's all I could give you. That's not that's even a great. woods thing. Necessarily. <laughs> yeah. that's just the, it's, it's just hard. a lawn thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just a not New York thing. <laughs> the fine woods. Um, yeah, yeah. It's um, a suburban backyard. It's as far as I'll go. Yeah, yeah. So it makes me feel really proud. Like everybody could see that I am openly gay when I wear this vest. It gives me, it's like my cape, my superhero Daiki cape. I love that. Can I so say that? Shout out to Old Navy. Yeah. <laughs> Is I Old Navy a... Canadian? No. Mm. No, it's uh, not. I have a sweet vest from Old Navy too. They have good vests. They have really good vests. Yeah. Um, Jess, do you have something? Um, well, if I you think... don't, I have a couple of more things. I know. Show. Iman brought a lot of props. <laughs> I um, love that. I love that. <laughs> well, you know, we... <laughs> we've always wanted to celebrate Christmas and we're, you know, a Jew and a Muslim. We both married outside of the faith and still didn't get Christmas, which, you know, what are the odds of that? Yeah. Uh, really upset the families in that regard. And uh, <laughs> so we, we did try to do our own kind of Christmas and um, was, our first this, Christmas our celebration. First, yeah, first was it our first one? We, fu- we both got a tree. It was our first tree. A, mini, a, mini, a mini tree. And then we put like all kinds of other like, I think we put some Jewish stuff, some Muslim stuff on it. And, and, then, it and then at the top was this uh, Hillary Clinton in a suit action figure. Um, so she was on the top of the tree. <laughs> so kind of, you know, secular slash, well, there was like... Um, well, the pantsuit makes it a bit... What? Query. Well, she's she has a lesbian. She has energy. lesbian. And that's why you're attracted to her. Uh, not anymore. I mean, not anymore, but there's been times... I, there's some photos, you know, she, she, she ranges in how she looks, uh, you know, she's changed her look a lot over the years. And there's some Hillary Clintons that are definitely my type. More you like the shorter hair. I just like, Slick you know what, I like, that. I like a powerful, intimidating woman um, <laughs> is what, you know, like I'm like a, the Bette Porter, type, you know, like, I mean, that's mm. the Kamala, you know, like a suit, uh, power. I'm, that's, you want to be know, a bit scared. Yeah, I like to be a little bit scared. Yeah. <laughs> like, I <love> that. <laughs> well, that's it. I think. Oh, that- but but I would say I I did bring this. This is my first little like um I don't know little bit of queerness that I had on a a button up shirt. It's a it's a mini it's a mini bow tie. Oh, I love sparkly that. bow tie, and it, it's like a clip. 
you know yeah so i used to have that really cute she looks really cute that was that. maybe my first um kind of queer little man type of yeah outfit yeah it's true you just looks re- you look good in that stuff i can't I can, yeah you, you it, it makes me look like clownish you know <laughs> If I wear a bow tie, it does not or make like, me look. You know, like those kind of like Oxford type shoes, like the lace up type of, like I can wear those with like a, a rolled up jean or whatever. Yeah. And, and, but if Iman puts them on, she really looks like a, like a really, really masculine. Like yeah. it's not like the, it's because I'm fem- Even like the feminine ones are like, masculine. They me. look, yeah, yeah. It's not the look you're going for, but, um, but yeah, we really, we, we can, we're both, I guess, fem-ish uh in our relationship and which means that we could technically share clothes which would be a bonus but we are so different looking that you know even if something fits size wise it, it does just not does fit. not look at all the same um like aesthetically, the, yeah aesthetically like iman has she could wear a white track jacket out to like a comedy show or out in a social situation like an adidas track whatever it would look cool I put that on, I look like I've just like come home from the tennis club. You know what I mean? (laughs) I've just been at the gym, you know, and uh, like, it just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look cool. And certain things that are like, I feel are definitely my style. Like you have that amazing Fila zip up um, on the beach. It's like a a onesie, uh, terry cloth onesie for the beach. That's the, what? That's amazing. It's, a, it's, it's a amazing. Short, short and when I saw it, I was like, I, this is so perfect for me. And I tried it on and I looked like a Bulgarian wrestler <laughs> and Jess puts it on and it just puts her. It's just so funny how like certain things that I would think are my style, you see them on Jess and they look perfect. And yeah. it, we, can, we can't share it because I just we're just so- Yeah, we're, we're spending a lot of time on visual visuals we shouldn't this is a podcast you're right we got carried away that's okay it was a fun it was a fun carry um so what I brought is my water bottle um okay but specifically some of the stickers on it one of which is my I heart oh I heart nice Jewish queer sticker oh um, and I, I work for an organization called Keshet. I don't know if you all are familiar with it, but it's a national organization that works with Jewish institutions on LGBTQ inclusion. And so it was like my dream job to work for an organization that made Jewish spaces safe for queer people because so much of my growing up as a Jewish person, as a closeted queer person, didn't feel safe in those spaces. And so when I started working for them, I learned that they had these stickers and I was like obsessed with them and loved having, I love having it on my water bottle. So everyone knows. Yeah. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. It's like a really like a message. Like I don't love the ones that are nice. You know? <laughs> totally. Be nice or go home. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like um, a good warning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I want to, um, before we get into your, um, like a, coming out stories for the podcast I want to like go back to this idea of clothing making one feel empowered because I think that I think it's such an important idea that how how we are able to affirm our identities is so important and one of that is through clothing yeah um, absolutely yeah so I um did you ever read the book or see the movie uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower no no Okay. Well, there's a scene, there's a scene in it where the main character, Charlie, um, has trouble making friends 
um, but started the school and made a group of friends and they're in this pickup truck and they're going through a tunnel and he stands up and puts his head out through the sunroof. And he's like, like, so he's like with friends finally. And he's in this like really serene moment. And, and in the book, and he's saying like, in this moment, I felt infinite. Yeah. And I just think about when I wear things that feel affirming for me, like that, that feeling of, I feel infinite. Like I, because when you're grounded in yourself, it's like that feeling of possibility. Is that, right. am I putting words in your mouth or is that kind of the feeling that you get when you wear the vest that you're, that you have? No, it's true. Um, I, I just feel like I don't necessarily, what I like about being queer <clears throat> is that I do feel like um, our, our queerness is very fluid in our relationship. So just the ability to wear different things uh, for different occasions is, it has been so enjoyable. And this vest definitely gives me that affirmation of just like, I don't think they'll mistake me for anything else. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I think both of us can feel really good and empowered in like something really feminine or something really masculine. I love kind of flipping between both of those kind of uh, spec fashion spectrums I'd say mm-hmm. clothing spectrums but even um, in our li- relationship not to cut you off I just wanted to add that we feel like uh fluid in our relationship yeah. when it comes to what, what do you mean fluid like roles and oh nothing oh. nothing is just like <laughs> ma- ma- just masculine I'm like you know. is there something I don't know you <laughs> not open it's also it's also you have to understand Iman is like a little bit back, like one generation behind with uh, with some terminology, progressive terminology. So uh, I was like, was she just going to say that we're like in an open relationship or what? <laughs> because uh, remember, oh, of course, we I had remember. yeah, yeah, yeah. We had while we were doing our comedy special, there was like someone in the audience that said we were trying to find out people's orient- sexual orientation, and one woman said she was queer, and another woman said she was a lesbian, and he was like, those are the same thing, and I was like, no. and everybody was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's partly because you, you I joke that she's like because she's like an immigrant that she's like one generation behind it's true even though we're the same age and um I'm younger okay whatever not much and, <laughs> and that uh and that also she only you know she was with me and got married so that's her entire I'm a good Muslim girl yeah my first love <laughs> and so she sort of started going through like a lesbian puberty in, oh, yeah. in our in our marriage, you know, so I mean, she was only just just like she did it for that be and I, and I didn't even have it for that long because I I only was with you and like one other well two other people, but like um, I didn't necessarily I wasn't necessarily single and dating and queer and like going to bars and like really in that community. I kind of came to it also later and was already like a a. a kind of a form person who hadn't also been like denying anything I just was we were both like I mean I don't know but I have to speak for you but I, I, I always identify as, as a bisexual um I just sort of have stopped that only because it gets like annoying or harder to explain when you've been in a mar- like a monogamous lesbian marriage for so long so we've been together like 10 years and with bisexuality I mean, you know, especially on stage when you're just trying to get something quick across or in an interview, it's like, and you know, people are, people with bisexuality are, uh, it's very much like prove it 
Are you? Yeah. When was the last time you fucked a guy? He's like, well, actually, uh, I've been in a monogamous relationship with a woman for a long time. So um, I know people have a, like, it's like harder the other way for people where they feel like unaccepted by the queer community because they're bisexual and they've been in like a monogamous relationship, like, or only with men, you know, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, I don't know okay you sound like maybe you want to be oppressed but I you know right, I, right. I but so it's it's I don't feel like unaccepted because I mean this is obviously gay but I um yeah I where were we going with that I don't know I, I, I yeah. went down a road I went <laughs> down a road yeah, it's, it's my well, fault it started with, <laughs> it started with fluids and fluidity yeah. it started with fluidity yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes and clothing and right. anyways so I would say that, yeah, I have, my look and your look haven't necessarily changed too much from our, during our life, but we do like to play a lot with, um, like different kinds of clothes. And I think for me, the first person I remember doing that and thinking like, oh my God, I'm so into this was, uh, was Madonna, you know, mm. when she would put on a suit or act like kind of a, a dom with the, within I would say gay male dancers called the male dancers I don't know what they um on stage and uh and those, all her photos same shoots. same same oh. yeah <laughs> no I mean we, we're huge Madonna fans in this house but, but in particular that was something I remember like her books that came out and the photo shoots where she was wearing a suit yeah I mean in the 80s when she came out she really was somebody who who like made queerness seem seem okay in a time when people were still like in the closet and with the AIDS pandemic and all of that. And the same thing with race. Like she's really, I love her. Well, I think it's so important. uh, Who doesn't love Madonna, right? Yeah. Um, To, to notice and recognize those representations of visibility that we all get our cues from. Um, And it's almost like the permission to, dress in a certain way or like do you know what I mean like I know for me like I have to a lot of times even though I know that something would feel right for me it's almost like can I do that and then when I see Mm -hmm. someone else doing it it's like okay I can do that right Um, which I would love to get out of that where it's like if I want it then I should just do it and I'm getting better at it but I think that representation it creates a sense of possibility which is Mm -hmm. really powerful Um, I am I am jealous of those people who don't care you know they're just like this is who I am. This is my expression. They don't think twice about it. They own it. They're like a, you know, leader in that front, even though people are like, you know, confused by it or, or angry, you know, and because probably they're jealous that they are repressed in whatever way in their own life. And they, they don't have that power to just do and be who they are. Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, so you you both have already kind of alluded to parts of coming out, but are there is there a specific story that you would like to share with us? It is called "Thank You for Coming Out." Oh, (laughs) so it is. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, of course. Do you want to do you want to go first? Whatever you want. Yeah. What do you prefer, ladies? Ladies first. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's go at the same time. So coming out was really hard for me. My parents, Middle Eastern, um, you know, Muslim, Palestinian, they went through a lot in their life, escaped wars twice in their lifetime, each really like very, very sad. Uh, So I I disappointed them initially by dropping out of college and becoming a stand-up comedian. That was the first coming out story for me, uh, the career coming out. 
Um, it was hard, but I was very, I mean, I, I grew up in the Middle East. So my, my general um, personality and view was always like, I can't believe how unjust this world is, how like openly sexist, openly racist, unapologetically so. Um, so from a young age, I was sort of defiant, you could say. Um, a bit of a tomboy too, not because I didn't appreciate, I love being a woman. I'm so proud of everything. When my boobs came in, I was so excited. <laughs> like I'm really, I embrace all of that. I think femininity is so beautiful. Um, but I also, because I grew up in the Middle East, I equated masculinity with freedom. So mm. it's not necessarily that I wanted to be a boy, but I just felt like I wanted to show that I was as strong or as capable as a boy. Anyway. So all of that stuff, I always had a defined personality um, and fought with my parents, especially my dad, who's honestly very liberal, considering um, what you hear about uh, certain parts of the Middle East when it comes to queerness and, and girls in general. Um, and then when I came to Canada, I always wanted to fight because I feel like a lot of my culture too revolves around what people think more than their actual beliefs mm. uh so challenging that uh although my dad was right to tell me to continue going to school and to get a good degree and all of that stuff but I think just I wanted to do everything the opposite of everything he said I dropped out of school I just wanted to be me and make my own decisions so doing that to him was like a huge heartbreak and then and that's why I resisted when I fell in love with Jess like much later um, to come out to them because I'm like I already disappointed them career-wise I've been so hard-headed and I'm honest to God attracted to men so why would I do why would I come out about this if I'm not going to marry her if I'm not if that this is not a serious relationship but love you know you don't choose who love is blind they say you don't choose who you fall for and I was really I, I it's the greatest uh, love of my life like I can't imagine but I would never have chosen it if I could have <laughs> no I don't mean to sound like Pete Buttigieg what did Pete Buttigieg say that he would like if he could have had uh, uh, straight, if he could be straight if he could have taken a pill or something to be straight oh, he would yeah. have. Um, but in retrospect this is I how mean, I, I felt before sentiment, but yeah before coming out I mean this is really not the case for me anymore but before coming out I was just I felt so guilty coming out to my parents, breaking their heart again. Um, and, and it was a hard, like, I usually fight with them about everything, but coming out to them uh, was the only time that I was really calm about their response, although it was so ridiculous. Like, my mom just broke into tears. Honestly, this woman should win an Oscar. Like, she <laughs> went from, like, super okay to, like, instantly crying like that. I don't know how. Anyway. Um, and <laughs> I wasn't there. You no, had, nobody was had, there. You my... had introduced me as a friend a little before that. Exactly. So I introduced Jess as a, a friend. A, she brought me on a family trip to Maine, Old Orchard Beach. Yeah. With my roommate. <laughs> yeah. It was more of that. This is my friend. Well, I didn't want to introduce her as my girlfriend because I knew they wouldn't listen past that. Mm -hmm. You know? She wanted so them like, to like me. And I knew they would like you. You're so likable and adorable. So I'm like, she's my friend. But I thought that I was making it really obvious that we were together because I was like, she's my friend. And then like well, lingering. I mean, I was just going with your plan. But to me, it seemed crazy. Why would you just bring me on a family holiday? We're like alone in a hotel room. Yeah. Who does that at, you know, 30? I don't, I don't know. I, it seemed, uh, but uh, and I, 
but I still, I didn't think that they were necessarily thinking, I and mean, you, you, I think this is typical that you think you're being so obvious mm-hmm. and you're like, well, you know, they must be, they, I, that probably did it, but they like, it's not. Apparently they had an idea, but I think they were in denial. <laughs> you know how we parents are in denial. Five minutes. That's how did it. they not see it? That's <laughs> it. Um, but then I guess it was a couple of weeks later after that trip that I came out to them. Or was it a year yeah. later? I don't remember the time, but the, anyway. The years, exactly. You, well, it was, I it wanted you to come up to them so that we could, because I wanted to propose and I didn't feel like I could, I, and I didn't want to propose while you were in the closet with your parents. Right. And I also felt like we needed to give them some time after yes, telling yes. them for them to like digest, understand, go through that whole process so that they could potentially, I was hoping, be at our wedding yeah yeah so as I said I fight <laughs> with my parents a lot and but when I came out to them everybody ran away from home just I might have dropped me off or I just went to my parents house by myself my sister my brother cleared the house like everybody was out and I had gone to a friend's we went to a friend's wedding the weekend before I came out to my parents and she's my friend is Palestinian and she married a Swiss German guy and I've always been like, since I was young, I'm like, I'm not marrying, I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm not marrying an Arab. I'm not marrying a Muslim. I'm against same race marriages. I'm mixing it up. That's it. So I got home and I was talking. So they were asking me about the wedding. They're like, how there was it? There were also a lot of like Arab people at the wedding and we were being a couple at the wedding. Yeah. And they were people that knew you, yeah. right? So we, I thought maybe they would have said something to your parent. I don't know. It was a small wedding. It wasn't like a typical Arab wedding with all of like the community. Anyway, so they're like, how was the wedding? I was like, it was so great. Isn't it so great that they didn't get married the Muslim way? I love it. Uh, he's such a cool guy. And they had like elements of his culture and her culture. And it was so great. I had so much fun. And they're like, so did you meet anyone at the wedding? And I'm like, well, I don't need to meet anyone. I already know someone. I get to throw up right now. I already have (laughs) someone. Did you just start to get nervous? Just like, like, is your stomach upset? Just like, see where this is going. So like, I I don't need to meet anyone. I already have someone. The smile on their face. They were just like, what? Who is it? And I'm like, well, you guys know. And they're like, no, who is it? Who is it? Tell us. And I'm like, well, Jess. And that smile turned into tears like instantly that's why they deserve an oscar yeah. honestly and i was like you're cry- why are you crying no it's not a big deal she's amazing i'm so happy and my dad is just like pacing like oh this is not normal this is not like my father genuinely thinks that homosexuality is not natural mm. and that it's a choice and he literally was like what what's wrong you you're both such pretty girls you could find like you could find men you know and we're like oh my god this is not the point this is like a love story it's not about having a hard time finding men so um but he did suggest that we we find brothers to marry so we could remain close well that's logical yeah exactly <laughs> um so i was devastating was but trying yeah I yeah to figure out a way that would be like where we could be close and it could be acceptable you yeah. know it's just so like that's yeah. it and like for men especially like macho men like middle eastern macho men who think masculinity is everything you know everybody wants a good man in their life they want the security they want the stability so to him 
there, he really does not understand how a woman does not want to be with a man. You know, like it just it does not. Enter Has he head. seen you in your vest? I, I was know, just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I should go in this vest next time. Um, but to him, it's like truly a foreign, foreign concept to be like, I don't need a man. Like he's like, ugh, you know, what are you talking about? You know. Um, anyway, but then I texted my sister, and my brother, for damage control. So they they came home, and I was just like, you guys, my parents slowly. As the news sat with them, they got like more and more hysterical. Uh, and I left and just like left my siblings in there. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, honestly, thank God for siblings. Yeah. And honestly, I got to say, I am very lucky with my parents because I know a lot of Muslim kids would never come out, of, come out to their parents because they would li- literally get disowned or even killed or even threatened. So I... I truly have liberal parents and I know that I'm lucky in that situation. You know, I think Jess's mom was hoping that I would never come out of my parents. Well, a lot of, parents. a lot of people when I was, uh, you know, when we were dating and Iman kept breaking up with me cause she wasn't, you know, ready to come out and whatever. Um, it was, for me, just to make it clear, I wasn't not coming out out of fear. It was truly out of guilt. Mm-hmm. I wasn't fearing for my life. It was just no, feeling but, bad for my parents. But a lot of people, I, you know, people were like my friends and, you know, they're, they're supportive, but I think, you know, you're at some point, I'm like, does everybody, is everyone being supportive, but really they're thinking this is not going to go anywhere. She's never going to come out of the closet. She's Muslim. Forget Mm. it. You know, like, I think my parents were pretty cool at first. Um, until you wanted to put a ring on it well yeah because I think they thought she'll never come out of the closet Mm. her parents will kill her whatever stereotype they have and uh and and then when she did come out of the closet and she wasn't killed they were like oh their dismay (laughs) oh shit she's still alive (laughs) (laughs) so that's when like a year a couple years into it they were like went through their whole this is what (laughs) <laughs> and 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 it was not because you were a woman it, it was Muslim um so anyway Palestinian yeah, Palestinian yeah. yeah well my mother just like you know she uh it coincided us getting seriously telling your parents us moving to New York with like the, the last big war in Gaza well exactly when tensions get worse with me and your so, my in-laws so does the Israeli yeah. and <laughs> so my mom my mom was like you're going to join Hamas I know it you know it's like she and that would line up with uh, she always just thinks I'm just trying to do the next thing you know like what's like like somehow this is all some kind of like I still as an adult I'm trying to rebel somehow against her personally but (laughs) it's not it's never really been about that I do just like trying to but anyways I'm not joining Hamas and that was never the part of the plan um but but yeah there was like the that weird particular thing with this relationship where I think my friends were like feeling bad for me, but not saying it, that I was in a relationship where the person would never come out and, you know, like they didn't really want to say, maybe just move on. Um, But I looked probably like a crazy person, but I really did really believe that Iman would eventually succumb. Yeah. (laughs) I knew like what we had and I knew that she like would have to just wouldn't, I didn't think she would throw it away. Yeah. It's so good. The kissing was so good. We don't want to get into like details, but it was so good. That'll that'll be the sequel. Uh, (laughs) uh, I I have so many questions. Thank you for sharing. 
Of course, um, of course. And then and just actually, before I jump in, do you, are there other parts of your story that you want to share or? Um, I mean, I would just say that I was, uh, you know, I was uh, dating, I had boyfriends. Every single one of them, I think, broke up with me. It's, Such idiots. I, I didn't. <laughs> for real. <laughs> I think I was honestly, I don't know what, I, you know, you never really know why people break up with you. But I, I think that uh, with guys, maybe I was like too much, you know, mm. but with women, it was like normal and fine. Like it wasn't too much. What do you mean by too much? Like, well, just like, um, I'm trying to think. Maybe I just wanted to like hang out. I wanted to, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't remember. It was so long ago. And I don't even know if that's true. That's just like, a, and that's not true in every single case. But I I do, yeah, I think I, you, know, you, had to be more, you had to be kind of more cool or play hard to get or all these kinds of things that I think, you know, I didn't, I think I just could, I was, I, I'm like as sexually attracted to men physically, mm-hmm. but it's just connecting emotionally and, um, is just easier, obviously for me with women. And, um, but like, I couldn't just go to a bar and like pick up a random woman. I don't think I kind of have to like start, like, like them from afar for a while. and know, I know, know who they are. And it's kind of like the whole complete picture, but what got me into it, what got me down the road, uh, was <laughs> I was I was living in, in Ottawa. I used to be a lawyer, so I was working in the Department of Justice in the Canadian government. And um, so not very exciting times life-wise. And at the time, the L Word, the first season, the first series was um, out on a DVD. Because uh, I remember I would go after work and I'd go to the video store. And I would get the DVD and I'd go home and I'd like, I'd throw that, I'd like close the curtains and I'd like put it in and I was forget it. Like, and, and that was for like, until I, and I finished the series like that, but every day after work, cause Ottawa, I mean, in the civil service, you know, it's not like the most thrilling place, you know, it was very much like ultimate Frisbee or like someone going on mat leave or paternity leave and you have like a half a glass of wine and three Pringles by the filing cabinet. It's like the office party. So I was like really anyway. And then I just watched all of the L word. I was completely like <laughs> sucked in beyond and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't, I just, I've been going to the bathroom with women my whole life and nothing like that had ever happened. I was like, um, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, and so I just was dead set on like, well, I must have a lesbian experience. And I just knew one lesbian at the time and she was uh, much older, like uh, 19 years older than me and um, would come to our house and, and, and she were, was a computer kind of teacher and she would teach my mom and her friend. Anyway, it doesn't, so we, so that, that was, that was, <laughs> it's like in retrospect, we ended up in a relationship. It's, I don't really like to talk about her, but um, it's just to say that that's, I don't want to, and I don't want to blame like the L word for making me gay. Um, I will definitely put the blame on the Canadian government. <laughs> but yeah, I, I decided to tell my mom. So I kind of came out about that relationship with that woman uh, more than coming out about being gay. And I still like identified as bisexual. So that was like very terrible because you know then of course it's like but why would you choose this life when you don't have to and you know um and that woman kind of forced me early on to come out 
because she had for many years been in a closeted relationship and didn't want to do it again, which I understood. And because she knew my mom. So I had to, yeah, I, uh, I, I decided to do it in a restaurant because um, I figured in a public space, there could be less hysterics maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and this is why our families are different. I had to absolutely do it at home because my parents wouldn't be shy to be hysterical. In public. <laughs> well, also we were at a restaurant that my mother goes to very regularly and yeah, knows people. Would not change my parents' Wait, mind. Okay, waited until <laughs> a dessert, you know? And then, yeah, it was like, no, you know, I keep thinking about it again. It was so long ago, but just so like, oh, you met someone? Like, and then on, on top of it, she knew who it was. And she introduced you to that person. And yeah, and biggest mistake, honestly. You know, she was like, yeah, was, a psycho. And we had to get a restraining order years later. But anyway, um, you know, but we, but yeah, uh, she was a lot older. But I like, you know, that was I, I used to. I I don't know. I guess I've always I've always liked older women too. I think they're, I'm younger. Again, for the record, <laughs> but but you're no, scary no. in the same way. <laughs> You have the scariness of an older woman. Yes. <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm older than Jess anyway. So I guess I see where the attraction came from. Um, you were older in comedy years. Yeah. You were already like owning the comedy club. You were the booking. You were behind the bar. You were at that point, what, I guess only two, two, two and a half years in, which was something. That was enough for me. You were the you were the you were the Hillary Clinton of the Comedy Works Montreal. <laughs> um, I thank you both for sharing so much. I I came out to my mom in a public restaurant as well because for, ah! for the same exact reason. I was like, she can't do she can't yell at me. Like we have to drive home together. Like I, it would be extreme if she left me there. So, um, but her her reaction was more did like, you, did you not have your sticker yet? I like nice <laughs> Jewish. Just read the sticker. <laughs> I didn't have a sticker yet. Um, I wish. Um, but she her, her reaction was like, I just want you to be happy, and then immediately jumped into like, have you ever been with a woman? How does it work? And I was like, uh. Uh-uh. Oh my god. <laughs> That's like the most Jewish response. Don't you find, I mean, I do, I, I don't know. I where I, I do believe that I could be wrong, but that Jews are like, a, like quite progressive on the whole gender fluidity, sexual fluidity, sexual orientation. Like I, I do find uh of the different groups, uh, we totally seem to be advanced. like the most advanced. I don't know why. Unless it's Hasidic, but otherwise, like secular conservative, I Jews mean, seem to be. Very I've met accepting. many lesbian rabbis, but I, but also it just and so many, and I just feel like even on um, the gender binary, I feel like you know my perception of most Jewish men is that they are pretty effeminate. You know, like the straight ones, even their relationships with their moms. The fact that they're not handy in my family. I know there's exceptions, okay, but like couldn't change a tire. And this whole idea of like, are you a man? What what is being a man? It's like getting up in front of your family while your voice cracks and you read some prayers, you know, like and or a portion of the Torah. Like that's all you need to be a man is your bar mitzvah. It's not like or you know, like a lot of the toxic masculinity, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but like I think it's somehow there's something in in Judaism. Um and I think like some of the first trans doctors, I want to say, like, uh, like, uh, sorry, doctors that performed uh, sex affirming surgeries were 
Jewish, I want to say, but I might have to double check that. You guys What's your that? experience? Because you did say that there's um, area, Jewish areas that you didn't feel like people were accepting and it was hard. Yeah. So I, um, I grew up reform. Um, I'm 35. So in the 80s, early 90s, um, I wouldn't say it was like hostile, but I would say it wasn't like warm towards queer people. And there were no like out queer Jewish adults for me to have that like um, recognition of myself in them or any kind of like model or representation. And so, um, and I also didn't know that I was struggling with gender identity. And so that was like an added layer of like, I didn't want to have a bat mitzvah because I didn't want to become a woman, but didn't know how to describe that feeling um, uh, and have those words. And so, um, and, in, and in the work that I do now, um, in working with Jewish organizations all over the country, I will say like, when they invite Keshet in, they are specifically being intentional about creating a space for queer people. But anytime that I've really been um, like participating in something that's Jewish that isn't intentionally like inviting Keshet in, it's complicated because people don't know the right language to use or are so stuck in the gender binary that as someone who's gender queer, I'm immediately erased. Um, so it is, and I would say like, there are huge pockets of the Jewish population that are very accepting and um, are warm and welcoming and then huge pockets that aren't. And so it's yeah. hard to, you know, especially with the more observant yeah. folks. I think part of it is my experience of feeling so much more push and also we're not gender queer, but feeling so much more pushback about Israel yes. than gay that like by comparison, I'm like, feel so comfortable making like gay jokes or talking about being in a gay marriage. But if we say uh, anything about, uh, Palestine what you know like on that topic that always trumps everything I mean they're yeah. like talk <laughs> about what you do in bed please like you know what I mean <laughs> right, right, right. anything <laughs> but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they're like what color is your dildo you know? yeah. please please rabbi something something <laughs> so it may be a personal uh, comparative issue yeah well I think too <laughs> that's so real it's, just like, it's, it's not a question Olympics I'm, but it is kind yeah, of yeah I have never gotten an email from any Jew about being a lesbian but I have yeah Totally. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's so, it's also, it's, it's interesting that you brought up um, this idea of like, what is like being a man and like, especially like Jewish men, the effeminate men. Um, it's true. I wasn't thinking about it from a non-binary perspective. I was more thinking of like, there's maybe less toxic masculinity. And traditional yeah. heteronormative relationships. Yeah, it's actually interesting because I experience a lot of toxic masculinity from the Jewish community. Um, okay. Just because I think, and I think part of it, this is just conjecture, but a lot of it might be because a lot of Jewish men, you like name like the relationships that they have with their mother and they are more effeminate that they actually, that it's, that doesn't line up with actually society's idea of what a quote unquote man is. And so to compensate for that, I think it shows up as more toxic masculinity of like, 
saying homophobic things or demeaning women and people of all genders who aren't cis men. Um, so it's just, it's a really, we are, we are overrepresented in the sex crime department <laughs> in the high profile sex crime department. I will say it's been not a good look Weinstein Epstein. It's not good. Yeah. No, Holly. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. I, and obviously that is related to toxic masculinity. Yeah, absolutely. but I don't think Harvey Weinstein knows how to change a tire and his dad probably <laughs> didn't think that was a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, and probably couldn't chop any wood either. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um. But good point about the overcompensation in, uh, in more dangerous ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, so I know, like Iman, you were talking about how you were more afraid to come out, not because of being queer, but because of the guilt and that was and that was driven by religion. It was driven by my parents. Mm-hmm. I'm not very religious. I'm very proud of being Muslim. I love a, a lot of things about the Muslim culture. Um, I'm proud of the golden age of Islam, um, which we're uh, very far away from today. The Muslim community is really we really sort of did a 180 back to what we were before Islam in many ways. Um, And there's so many reasons for that. You know, we were, the wars and our countries getting invaded and being set back to the stone ages. There's a million things to say about that. Um, but I've never been afraid of my parents. Like I said, from a very young age, I was very defined. Things did not add up to me. You know, um, I, I remember one marking conversation when uh, these friends of my parents came over and were talking about how their son has a girlfriend And to me, growing up in the Middle East and the idea of having a girlfriend, boyfriend, I mean, unheard of. This is something Americans do. We don't do that. And the mom was just like, they were laughing about it. My parents and them laughing about it. I must have been like six years old. I swear to God. Anyway, they're all laughing and they're like, wow, good for him. Girlfriend. Yeah. The father's like, yeah, she could. The girlfriend came over. They went to the bedroom. They closed the door. I don't ask any questions. I'm like, but that actually could be a murder scene if that was your daughter. You know, it just mm. didn't make sense. And for everybody to be normal about it, it really scarred me. I was just like, this is fucked. Up. This is the world that you brought me into. This is so messed up. I think from that moment forward, I was just like super angry about everything our culture inequality how widely accepted it is how every nobody's like wants to fix it my dad from when i was young i would yell I just, about anything I, i didn't realize that was the moment that you became radicalized but it really <laughs> freaked me out that i just have and because i'm palestinian i think specifically because i'm palestinian we're always talking about the palestinian plight and how we're oppressed i'm like you guys want equality but what the fuck is that you know it just did not add up to me there was like no logic The way I learned about the religion was completely different from what was displayed. The way these people are crying for equality is completely, you know, oppressive towards women. It just like, it, it just really confused me. And um, so I, I would fight with my parents from a young age. So I never was afraid of them. And my f- parents are pretty welcoming of questioning things. Again, they're I learned religion through them, which was very progressive and liberal. And my father would focus more on things like how you treat other people, you know, and not to litter, not to lie, not to steal. Whereas everybody else is more like, you're going to go to hell if you look at a, you know, penis. 
Um, you did. <laughs> Iman had a had a series of sh- uh, well, it was for a few years a three city tour. It was the called Kosher Jokes for the Halalidays, and mm. it was a Jewish Muslim comedy show at Christmas since our people didn't have much going on. And the first year was in a, what used to be a church, but is now a theater called the Jesus. And um, your parents came. Not to the first one. Oh, the no, second the one, second one. And she had a joke, really not dirty. But circumcision. Circumcision. Joke. So yeah. she said the word penis and your dad walked. Yeah. Walked out. Yeah. He's so not logical sometimes. Anyway. But he's like a, pro- but yeah. He's a progressive. It's like, you know, Malala, I'm not, I'm not comparing my dad to Malala's father, but there's a similarity just because Malala's father, obviously is such an amazing dad and he allowed his daughter to go to school and he's liberal and very intelligent. Your dad in allowed ways. you to go to school too. I know my dad wanted me to keep going to school. That's Thank the problem. <laughs> but I just wanted to show you that there's this notion in the Muslim world about masculinity that even for the most progressive person, it really sets them back. In Malala's father's case, for instance, he encouraged his daughter to get educated, to do all of these things. But at the same time, he would never pick up a dish and like wash it by hand mm-hmm. because he's a man. So it's like, oh, you sound like Malala's father. <laughs> <laughs> so because I fought with my parents so much and I always argued with them and I was always doing the opposite of what my dad told me, although he's a very intelligent man and gave me very sound advice, I did feel guilty because they sacrificed a lot. Leaving the Middle East, although it's so backwards, was a lot more comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. We were oppressed in luxury. I try to explain it to everybody. Well, you were in Kuwait, let's just say. We were in you Kuwait. Were in Gaza, yeah. I wasn't, yeah, exactly. So we she was lived, born in Kuwait. So we lived as second-class citizens, but in a very luxurious, in very luxurious circumstances. So it was so much better for my parents. Terrible for me, but so much better for my parents. So for them to sacrifice this, come to Canada so their kids have better education and, you know, um, evolution, et cetera. Um, and then look at what you do and look at what I do to them <laughs> and look yeah. at that best exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> so yeah a hundred percent guilt no fear I, I no never fear. thought they'd kill me no you have called I never parents thought ISIS. I've called my parents ISIS for not coming to my wedding yes <laughs> and how'd they take that uh, to their faces or behind <laughs> no no to their face okay <laughs> <laughs> well now they know if they didn't well I just said I can't believe They're that you guys you you're not afraid of them. Well, because I really have a time. I've been angry since I'm six years old. Since that moment in that living room, I've been so angry and just screaming at them mm-hmm. for accepting all of these. Um, and just, so that's it. Like my dad would be like, who do you think you are? You think you could change the world? And I'm like, yeah, actually I'm a Leo. And I think <laughs> I have the power to change the world. And that's what I'm going to do. Um, but because of their politics and the way they grew up also, they... They think that you could get murdered for your belief system and the lifestyle you choose. So they're afraid of me more than um, they are homophobic. Like, I still think they're kind of homophobic, but they're very welcoming of jazz. Oh, yeah. They're like, you would think, we've been on holiday together now as a married couple. Yeah. Not just the one in Maine uh, where I was the friend. And no, they like, we we're like affecting with each other. I mean, we're not like making out, but no. anyway. And uh, they're, they seem completely fine. Like they don't, I don't know. Yeah. They're very sweet with me. Um, it's like, yeah. Like Iman says, like they're, they're closeted about not being homosexual and not being, not being homophobic. Like they're, they're like, they want to keep up the appearance of being homophobic. But when we're alone, you know, there was like, we're always like, you know, we went on, yeah, especially we were like in Mexico at an all-inclusive 
where they don't know anybody. So it's like all like happy family. And um, when we're at your house, at their house, um, also, I mean, well, that's what I was like, are we going to go out in public? Are you, are we, are I we mean, we've gone this? to restaurants and no, stuff have, like that. But and they're totally fine. Yeah. It's just, that's what frustrates me about our culture. It's like, uh, you're, you're not getting upset for the right reasons. You're getting upset because you don't want this person to know that you're okay with this. Mm-hmm. Like that's nuts. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's such, such a prevalent issue in all religions too, of like keeping up these appearances of, you know, tr- making sure that everyone knows that they're all aligned. And yeah. it's just, I just got into a fight with my mom about this. We actually, I'm being, um, followed for a documentary and so there was a crew in texas um following us and eventually the camera's not long enough the guard comes down and sure. we into a fight uh because she <laughs> she said like whatever it just like evolved into this whole big thing and one of it was like she's like i wish i just would have known because i was talking about how one of the things that we were fighting about was that i tried to explain and express my feelings and discomfort without actually having the language to do it. And I wish that my parents would have picked up on like the temper tantrums every time I had to wear a dress or whatever it was. Right. Um, and she's like, I just wish that someone would have like told me or put the thought into my head. And I was someone. like, someone, and I'm like, hello. <laughs> but um, I said, honestly, mom, like, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it. Like, I don't even know that you would have been ready to receive that kind of information because it would have been shit on by our white suburban Jewish community of like, oh my God, you have a, you have a queer kid. Like it would have been really bad. Like there was, there was, that was not a thing when I, where I grew up. And, and so, you know, she likes to think like hindsight is 2020 that she would, would have done that. But I'm like, I don't think so. Not in the suburb that we, that we lived in right? because of that, that whole idea of like keeping up appearances and it's like, well, I don't want my family to be the different one or like the, and so it's just, it's, so relatable it's so, so yeah relatable. totally I kind of like felt for my mom a little bit like in my relationship with Iman it wasn't so much I mean a little bit gay thing but also her being Palestinian mostly um since I had had a relationship before her but uh yeah like so many family friends that were like so cool with it you know and like pre- probably pressuring my mom you know to like accept mm-hmm. and but they were all doing it from this place of like they have straight all Jewish of kids who married other all of them Jews. Jewish everything is so that, so Jewish and they're all, all like have like their perfect <laughs> jobs and yeah. they're all like age appropriate and they're all Jewish and straight and they're like you know Rita you should really accept Jessica's really you know what I mean and of course and they would so, never but yeah, like I can't, right. and I sort of almost felt for my mom where I was like they would never like I yeah. think they would be so cool but that need to be the cool like family friend but it's like come on you know yeah absolutely well as long as it's not in my backyard in my woods exactly uh, <laughs> yeah fine that's um, how I felt about the pope you know how he the pope just uh announced being okay with like civil yeah. unions for gay people and it's like um yeah, I mean, which is like basically saying like it's good that the state wants to do these, but like we're not in our house. Like it's not mm. like the church is changing anything. I mean, it was still like significant considering it like as a step of progress, but very much felt like uh, it reminded me, anyways, of the like, well, as long as it's not in my house, <laughs> I'm yeah. cool. Absolutely. 
Um, I want to I want to go back and revisit something. Um, this idea of one of you said that uh, the uh, going through lesbian puberty and marriage. And so, because I think Why about you read your Netflix recommendations <laughs> after I went out of, on the road. <laughs> I just like because I I feel like that's such a common experience for folks who like for me, for example, like didn't have a like real puberty, a real adolescence of like, I didn't date the way I wanted to be dating. I didn't present the way I wanted to be presenting in my like initial, like teen appropriate puberty. So when I came out as a lesbian at 20, I did have this whole new like adolescence. And then again, as trans at 29, a like third adolescence of like, now how do I move through the world? And so I'm just curious, like if there are specific moments or things that, that come up for you when you think about that specifically, especially as a, as an adult versus a teen. Um, I mean, what can I say for a very long time? I didn't. So obviously I, I felt that I was straight for a very long time and I never felt the need to be in a relationship. I was so happy with my group of friends and being a wild party girl and just getting sex. Cause that's all I felt like I was missing. Uh, so, um, and I also saw so many of my guy friends on the comedy scene, uh, when they started dating, women it just like fucked up their career focus and I really wanted to be a celebrity so I was like I'm not dating I have all the love that I need from my friends and my coworkers, and um uh and I really want to focus on my career so just having like one night stands and meaningless sex and uh all of that and that's I think that's probably why I fell in love with Jess like so hard because she stimulated a lot of things on top of the sex. So I was like mental and all of that. So in my head, when I fell in love with Jess, when I fell in love with Jess, it was, I thought I was going to have a fling because I'm like all my girlfriends who are seriously like married with children have been with women and I haven't. I'm like, I'm a comedian, practically a lesbian. How have I not made out with a woman yet? And I love redheads. So I thought Jess was the perfect uh, candidate for the fling. Um, so in my head, I never identified as a lesbian until much later. And I don't want to say like, I definitely, I fell in love with Jess and I was like, Jess is the only woman I would be with. It's not like I started looking at women differently, but then I'm yeah, like, if yeah, Jess and I, her, she was like, I'm, I'm a Jessian. I'm and a Jessian. Like, that's that. No, of course I believe that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, I wanted to <laughs> believe that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that, that's a category. Yeah. <laughs> And then I was like, for sure. And then she's like, maybe this woman, maybe this woman. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're just. All right. Well, I definitely have a thing for Jewish women. I'll tell you. I'll tell you that much. I have a Jewish fetish. I have a Jewish fetish. When did you find out when we did that? Well, when you brought home that floor-length jean skirt and wig for me to put on. (laughs) After watching Disobedience, that movie is what really triggered my... That's what triggered my puberty. She's really the only person that was like all about the mouth spitting. The spitting scene? I'm all for it. Most most people were like, (laughs) I surveyed a lot of lesbian audiences at shows. And most people, like 95% were like, that bit went too far for me. They wanted each other so badly. It's forbidden love. They couldn't be together. The girl's father was a freaking rabbi, the most respected rabbi. She had to run away. The other one felt like she had to get married. They see each other after so many years, wanting each other still, 
they're just like, give me all the fluids. Uh-huh. Give me all of your stuff. Iman went so far down the rabbit hole. She knows everything <laughs> about that scene. They used lychee lube, apparently. They did. First of all, oh, both actresses got pregnant <laughs> after filming that movie. I think everybody got really, really hot during this movie. <laughs> I guess they finished filming. They went home to their husbands to recreate whatever just happened. Totally. Um, so they both got pregnant. And honestly, I still can't, I can't believe after that love scene, which is the greatest love scene in cinema's history, <laughs> that they remain straight is all I'm saying. I watched it on an airplane, which was a very big <laughs> That's very <laughs> But I know that they edited some of it out on the airplane, so I made sure to watch it again in the privacy yes. of my own home. <laughs> yes. like, I know I'm missing some stuff here. <laughs> Great uh, movie. What What are your thoughts about that movie? I mean, hot or hot? So hot. <laughs> do you give it a hot or do you give it a hot? I give it a hot. Uh, <laughs> it's really, it's a good movie. What about the spitting scene? Um, the controversial spitting scene. You know what? While she's licking the table. No, I, I know you don't like it. <laughs> I, um, I've never done that before. But I also, I'm not going to like say anything negative about it because who knows, maybe I'll be in a scenario at some point when I'm like spit in my mouth. I love you. Like, I don't know. That's it. That's it. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. Like, who knows? I would try it, but you know, this one. (laughs) (laughs) Just try it with the lube instead. Yeah. Yes. Great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, Excuse me, we must go right now. And, uh, <laughs> we, we have something important to take care of. <laughs> something came up. <laughs> right. But yes, disobedience triggered my lesbian puberty. Um, I went. No, I went, and then I, it was like the LGBTQ category I on that. When I go click into her account instead of mine, it's just like, what are these? like? Because you watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're all like these like, Spanish language, you know, lesbian. Like, there's so many German. Like, you've got every international gay lesbian movie. I've seen them all. Cute, yeah. Have you yeah. seen Below Her Mouth? Yes, of course. Oh my god. Yeah, it's Canadian. We're Canadian. Okay, uh, yeah. that movie is wild, and it's <laughs> it's so wild. And yeah. like, I um a few years ago, um, well, I watched it with an ex while we were high, and that with the sex was just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, watching that. And then we broke up and then I, and then separately was putting, we, I did like with thank you for coming out. And we, I partnered with um, a few of the other queer shows in New York city to do like a social gathering. And we did it at uh, Henrietta Hudson. Yes. Yes. And they were playing that movie on the screens. And I was like, you can't do this. Yeah. (laughs) It was like torture right now. (laughs) That was wild. <laughs> um, it's a hot, hot movie for sure. It's so hot. Yeah. Um, speaking of hot, how's your podcast? Comedians versus the news. How's that going? It's coming to an end. Is it medium hot or <laughs> at a simmer? No, uh, we're, uh, it's been such a fun experience uh, having that and such a great gig during the pandemic. And we've actually been enjoying working together which wasn't always the case. Um, so writing like topical jokes, looking at stories from all over the globe um, has been great. We've met, we've had comics on from, that they, they book comics from different countries. Um, one of the hard things is that we are not doing it like this. So they don't let us use video. So we can't, and we don't know these mm. people. So oh. it's hard to like 
with the jumping in and those kind of visual cues and we're four people, you and I can see each other, obviously, but they're zooming in from like, you know, um, India or South Africa or Germany or wherever, you know, and uh, it's been great because on one hand, especially with the, like the quirky, I mean, they're not all quirky. Some of them are serious, but like the looking at some international news is a nice break from uh, focusing on TRUMP. Uh, but there is a section where we talk about the the election, focus on the election and some American news. Um, the hard thing, I think, is like there's a lot of restrictions around like what we can say. Like one is just sort of the fact that it's the world service. So you want the jokes to be understood by people in other parts of the world. So mm. like your references and you know, have to be, not, not everybody knows who, you know, Jeffrey Tubin is, for example. Um, so I don't want to do this, but I do need to move us into our last segment, which yes. is um, a very fun, silly, rapid fire question and answer. Um, and I always love doing this when I have a duo because watching you react to each other's answers is always fun. Um, there are no right or wrong answers except one, but it's actually just a joke. So it's all just for fun. So are you ready? Yes. yes. Okay. Pencil or pen? Ooh. Acting or singing? Acting. Singing. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Cats. Why Beach not? or mountains? <laughs> Beach. Oh, mountains. <laughs> Meat or veggies? Meat. Meat. Bagels or donuts? Bagels. Donuts. Oh, bagels is the right answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> bagels so, in Montreal. I've never Wait, had a I've never had a bagel in Montreal, but I've heard good things. The best. Okay, I'll check it out. Um, train or plane? Train. Train. Sweet or salty? Salty. Sweet. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Oh, oh a divided house and so yes. many days. <laughs> that's been that's a that's one that is the regular like yeah. Wow. That, that one we know about each other. <laughs> um, night or day? Night. Night. And favorite kitchen item? Spoon. The espresso machine. Mm. Oh yeah, good one. Coffee's important. I- yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I like a spoon. It's why just, wouldn't you say the coffee machine? That's I didn't think your, of the yeah, coffee you, machine. All you do is talk about how it's your favorite thing. I love the coffee machine you because I'm always making it. the coffee, and I'm traumatized. And your coffee order is so Trump so long. What's your coffee order? <laughs> she just mine is a simple double espresso. It's easy to make on the machine. I have a, a manual machine, so it grinds the espresso beans, and you know you could steam your milk. Jess, it's like I have to make two, I like shots. two shots, and I like milk yeah. steam. It takes so long. You make it mm. sound like I'm at, I like had some complicated Starbucks order, <laughs> and like hard name to put, yeah, like hard name to put on the cup or something. You know, like I don't know why I said spoon. <laughs> you followed your heart, and that's all we can do. I think it's because I spoon. I think you thought you could only do utensil. I think it's because spoon is my favorite utensil. If I had to pick between I, I all know, of them, no, I know. I think you thought you were limited to utensil because at one point I was like thinking about a whisk because I just think they're mm. they're so fun. <laughs> yeah, but then I was like, no, I'm just. I think coffee machine is allowed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this has been such a pleasure. So where can folks listen to your she's, podcast? She's going to regret saying Spoon. <laughs> no, I'm okay with that. I'm actually thinking of how fondly I love spoons as we're talking. <laughs> well, I'm like they give you, because you have like the spoon you use for okay, soup. Nobody cares. For medication. Now, you don't need to workshop There's a such a hard spoons. 
warming <laughs> utensil. Listen, I, uh, I'm going to leave you alone with the spoons later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, our podcast, it's called Comedians versus the News. From the BBC World Service. Yes. Uh, this is. VS <laughs> the News. And it's uh, available anywhere you get your podcast and uh yeah Rate, review subscribe okay. give us all the stars now i'm doing the, yeah, closing bits yeah of course um any other um where else please, can fans oh find i please follow our our instagram account at the l solomons the t-h-e-e-l-s-a-l-o-m-o-n-s and there you'll find our cartoons um illustrated by jesse brown our friend he's amazing and there's about yeah like two years worth i don't know maybe i don't know 200 i don't know how many we have up there 150 um comics uh that are little uh funny vignettes of our life and interactions with other people and our puppy and um i think a lot of people find them relatable they find like you know tag like i'm i'm so the jess or i'm the iman here yeah I love that. Um, and I'll, ta- I'll tag that account in the post. Please, please. Um, I actually have a question about it before, before I let you go. I, this is a trick, Sure. a trick question. And I mean, it's not a trick question. It's a secret. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so you come up with the jokes and then you send it to your friend and then your friend illustrates it. Is that how it works? Yeah. 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 And he's, he knows us. He actually drew us for our wedding invitations. That's oh, cool. when it started. And the L Solomons was our wedding hashtag. Like we mm. didn't realize it was going to become a duo act and, uh, we had the email from like our wedding and, uh, anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so he illustrates us and he always adds another like little layer of comedy with the way that he depicts us, our facial expressions. And he's, he's so great. Yeah. We love working with him. Hopefully we'll have one day a, uh, a comedy, a, a cartoon series, you know, that's a dream, a dream. an animated cartoon animated it's, series yes started off as like well you know it's always daunting to write a screenplay and sell a show and how do you even do that and mm-hmm. where do you begin and when things are big and overwhelming you don't really do them at all you know so yeah. um so it was sort of like well why don't we just start small we can each we we could imagine putting out a weekly cartoon uh or comic you know and and um and kind of start to create a little fan base for it and see ourselves as these you know cartoons uh, characters and you know so that was where it all came from awesome well yeah. I believe in manifestation so the more you put it into the universe I feel like it's going to happen I agree yes and yeah. then if it happens we can buy Iman so many spoons yeah <laughs> oh my gosh, so many spoons <laughs> uh, <laughs> this has been so much fun thank you both so much for being here and thank you for coming out thank you for coming out Hey, it's Dubs Weinblatt, your host of Thank You for Coming Out. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. Please subscribe to our podcast on the platform of your choice. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps.